wicked fired up right now. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Do We Love It podcast. This is your host, Dr. Water with Lemon, recording live from the not Janae Studios. Uh, what I do with my life, ask me. Alrighty. So, uh, we're back on another carpool edition over here in the Do We Love It podcast. Uh, for those of you who have never been to Southern California, uh, there are more cars on the road than sheep in India. Uh, so, commuting with Shalom right now, riding shotgun. Um, you know, maybe it's not the safest thing in the world to be podcasting and driving, so shout out to Shalom for, uh, Shalom the chauffeur, huge, uh, she's doing, like, a Japanese bow, so, that's cool. Um, we had a last-minute write-in today from Kelly's Roast Beef. Dear doctor, how do we feel about someone who goes into a stall to take a piss with the urinal open at work. Has this been covered before? Well, Mr. Kelly's Roast Beef, um, I don't think this has been covered before, but uh, that actually is a little bit of a side subject. Uh, That is something I actually worry about a lot because I actually have covered something twice, not knowing. but a couple listeners called me out on. So, I mean, we're... I noticed on other podcasts, they number their episodes. I have no have no idea how many episodes we've done. But I was thinking about it, like, we gotta be over 100. Because it's been about two years we record once a week. I mean, I'm no math guy, but... Maybe I can outsource that to the math team at Do We Love It Podcast Incorporated to figure that one out. Um... But yeah, anywho, how do we feel about someone who goes into a stall to take a piss with a urinal open at work? So, the urinal game has really changed over the years. Um, There's a lot of different rules and whatnots. Um, Like, for example, back in high school, the bathrooms would have five urinals. And you were not supposed to pee in urinal two or four because you'd be, like, too close to to the other guys and it was, you know, kind of gay. So everybody was, like, pretty out on that. Um, whereas Fenway, you know, obviously you're just grabbing what you can get. Um, so at work, work is a weird place to use the men's room. Let's start with that. Can we all agree? It's probably the weirdest place to use the men's room. Because, like, there's nothing worse than walking into the men's room at the same time as one of your coworkers, and you just know, like, that they know you're in a stall and they can hear everything you're doing. Because um, then you, like, go back to your desk or your cube, or even worse, if it's an open floor plan, like, if you are just, like crushing it in the men's room and then you come out and you sit down at your open like new modern open floor plan which sucks um and you sit down and you just have to look eye to eye across the way at somebody who's just like shaking their head at you like shaming you that's tough um in terms of the urinal being open uh i usually opt for the urinal um 
but it can be like in, in my setup we have two urinals and three stalls so if there's somebody at one of them I mean it's not uncomfortable pulling up to it but I can see the the awkwardness depending on who's at the stall like if it's somebody who works in the building but I don't know who they are I'm way more comfortable than it being somebody I know because then you get to the point where and I feel like this is like like I feel like the older you get the more apt you are to do this um, older guys will make conversation while standing next to each other while pissing like I on the other hand when I go up like I I basically look at the ceiling and just like let it go and I kind of zone out uh, and kind of do my own thing um, but I definitely have noticed there like because if it's just you standing next to somebody I mean there is that human some lady almost hit the PT cruiser in front of us and then stopped and almost hit us so she's having herself a day um, nice work Shalom anywho wasted at like 7 30 in the morning sometimes you got to have that morning cocktail early it is Friday so shout out to that lady yeah um, thirsty so I I'm not a, I'm not a social peer but I noticed that there are some social peers and typically it's it's of the older generation so I'm wondering if it's like that's something that's gonna fade out or like it's just you know you hit like 53 years old and all of a sudden you're just like I don't care about anything anymore I'm talking to everybody all the time even if I am peeing so that's something we'll see um, but yeah so I I don't I don't love using the urinal or I mean I don't love using the stall when the urinals open I think it's a little inefficient um, but also, I mean, we could really go down a, a deep rabbit hole here. I'm not going to. But little thi little thing you got to consider is, is splashback at a urinal. If you're wearing a nice pair of pants, you don't want to, like, pee on the urinal and then have the pee splash back onto your pants. Um, especially a guy like me where I only have, really wear one pair of pants every day, um, except on casual Fridays. Uh, so... There's a lot there's a lot of factors to take into account. I mean, it's girls, you think we have it so easy. It's not. It's not a lot of things to take into consideration. Um so I would say, you know, man up, use the urinal, but don't feel any shame if you don't. Especially if you have like a weird coworker stand and standing in that second spot. See, the thing is is if the coworker sees you come into the bathroom, then you have to use the urinal. But if they don't see you, if their back is to you, then you can go use the stall and then it's not weird. Um, so, yeah, we just did eight minutes on that. <laughs> Next topic. So the TB12 method, uh, that's Tom Brady's new book. Uh, Pre-ordered that in June, came out, uh, uh, I got it yesterday. There was something messed up with my payment method. I should have gotten it on Monday, but I got it on Wednesday. Um, I hope Jeff Bezos doesn't kill me for mentioning that. Um, so I'm only, I'm 10 pages in, including the introduction. I actually, I hope TB doesn't take offense to this, but this is a topic I've been meaning to cover for a long time. Like I've been meaning to cover this topic before I even knew there was going to be the, do we love it podcast? Do we love introductions in a book? No, we don't. 
Introductions in the in a book are the effing worst. Do you know what an introduction should be called in a book? Chapter one. Chapter one. Okay? We don't need an introduction. I hate times Roman numeral, whatever the hell you call it. Don't number a page that. There's nothing worse than reading 15 pages and then I turn the next page and I'm on page one. Come on, people. Grow up. The first page is page one. It's not XV10. What the hell does that even mean? All right? No introductions in a book. It It's devastating. It, like, I, I spent... I spent a half hour reading yesterday and I didn't even make it to page one. You kidding me? Felt like I did nothing. Nothing. Um, so, anywho, that's, it's not just TB, it's every single book. Like, that's, for all you authors listening out there, or soon to be authors, don't put times in room and no room into your book. Because the second I see that, unless you're Tom Brady, it turns me off from the book and it makes me want to read something else. So, if if anything, I'll tell you what. I'm going to write a book just to do this. If anything, when you pick up the Do We Love It podcast book, it's the first page when you open it is going to be page 11. Right off the bat, you're feeling great. You're just like, wow, I'm 11 pages in. I'm feeling good about myself. I might even count the pages in twos. Like the next page might be page 13. Boom. Any, for all of you who came prepared and have a notebook, take that down. So anywho, TB12 method. So far, I'll, I can actually, I'll give updates on this as we go. Uh, as, as every, this can be the do we love it read along. So get yourself a copy of TB12. We'll do a quick 30 seconds each week. Um, so the opening section so far, uh, cover yours if you don't want spoilers. Uh, it's about TB um, and kind of how he grows up, his life. Uh, and it's basically telling you that he's like, I wasn't born Superman. I became Superman. Uh, I was, you know, the whole, I was a sixth round pick. Uh, when he was, he was the backup quarterback when he was a freshman and that team didn't win a single game. Uh, so it's like, dude, like you don't need to like be born with kryptonite or whatever Superman was born with anti-kryptonite. You can be great by working hard. So that was a pretty solid message to deliver. Um, that's all I got so far, but so far I like where we're headed and I am definitely going to continue reading. Um, that, actually, oh, actually, uh, Shalom is chirping me right now because I forgot a write-in. Um, we have a write-in from an anonymous person. She may or may not be in the car. Uh, she wants to know, dear doctor, is it worth going to a concert if you only know one song by the band? Um... Shalom, would you like to weigh in on this after I give my hot take? Perhaps. She said perhaps. She's being... I'm looking for opinions, though. So, all right, I'll blood everybody in. Shalom wrote this in. So, my advice on that would be to go to the show. In my opinion, I don't think you need to know any songs 
by a band uh, in order to go to a concert. Uh, for example, uh, one of I I almost said our top listener, but I would probably be kicked out of my family if I said that. The second best listener of the show, W, uh, I want to say this was five years ago. He invited me to go see a band called JJ Gray and Mofro. If you have not heard of them, I highly recommend looking them up. They are, uh, they're like Southern rock band. Um, and, uh, so we went, we saw them at the Paradise Rock Club. If you are in the Boston area and you haven't been to the Paradise Rock Club, smack yourself in the face, buy a ticket, go there. It's the best venue in the city. So the Paradise Rock Club is, it's, it's a small, intimate venue. There's no seating. Everybody stands up. Um, it, may be, it maybe fits like 500 people. Very small, but they do get like really good bands there. Like legit, like bands that can like sell out like a large venue, play in a small venue. Uh, so, so JJ Gray, that band was like, it was a rock band that also had a brass section. So they squeezed like eight people onto this tiny stage. It was literally a band box. They were just packed in there. And, uh, it was an amazing show. We rocked out the whole night. I loved every song. Uh, I ended up buying an album afterwards. It's probably the most played album I play because I have the CD in my car and it's my favorite physical CD. So I probably listened to that maybe more than anything. Um, and I had never heard of J.J. Gray prior to that. I didn't know a single song. And they turned out to be one of my all-time favorite bands. Um, so yeah. So Shalom, to answer your question, I think you should go. What do you think? Um, well, you bring up an interesting point because... Okay, so... I think that situation's a little different because you didn't know anything about that band. So it's like you either, and I'm down for that, going to a concert, not knowing anything about the band, especially if it's a sick venue, like, it's reason enough. But knowing a little bit about the band and only really liking one song is a little different. Okay. All right. So that that actually makes me think of... Not going in blind. So, yeah, not going in blind. Okay. Because that's kind of like... So, so little going down a little side path here, I looked up a list of the top 50 selling artists of all time, and I've been listening to each one artist each day going down the list from, like, top 50 down. And uh, you'd be surprised what you found find on this list. So, like, number, like, 44 was Def Leppard. And I'm like... How many copies of Pour Some Sugar on Love can one band sell? Like, what? I didn't even know they had another song besides that. Um, and it turns out every single song they have sounds exactly like Pour Some Sugar on Love. It's the exact same song just written 30 times over. Um, so in that case, I probably would not go to a Def Leppard show. And that's what—that's the closest thing I can compare to what you just said. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the thing is with this is like I've tried listening to some of their new stuff and you know when a band's touring or whatever they're gonna be pushing their new album their new album sucks and I know if I were to go it would be all new stuff and I'd hate it and I'd hate them and I would like lose that that love for who they once were you know what I mean yeah 
That's understandable. I'm not going. <laughs> All right. Shalom is out. She's not going. I'm just going to continue to listen to that song on repeat. Maybe we can tune out with that song. Do you have it? Yep. Firing up the old Spotify. All right. Well, this week we got a little Pats Texans. Uh, we got Clemson versus some tomato can. Uh, so I hope everybody gets their football fixing. And, uh, yeah, I hope everybody has a great week. Thank you for tuning in and listening to another episode of the Do We Love It podcast. Uh, if you want to write in, you can write in like uh, Kelly's Roast Beef did. Uh, they wrote in to us via the website. Uh, you can e- you can send a message to our Facebook page. Uh, you can even be the first person to post on our wall because uh, we don't have any wall posts. So if you have a topic suggestion, post on the wall so that people actually think other people visit visit uh the facebook page so do we love it podcast at facebook.com slash podcast slash facebook slash something just you know google it google it um but anyway thanks for tuning in shalom thanks for the question uh kelly's roast beef thank you for writing in and uh thank you for all the listeners out there song by the way is pieces by andrew bell